and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. I am Eddie, host, creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Thrilled to welcome Joe Nikki, owner, creator of CVT Soft Serve, anti-influencer. I-, I was just thrilled to talk to Joe, obviously. One of my friends, a mutual friend of ours, he, he knows very well about the concept of my podcast, how I think Instagram is ruining the world. And, you know, I, I kind of jest a little bit, but I kind of don't because I do think Instagram is dramatically affecting people's brains, our perspective on each other, our priorities. And of course, I think this whole idea of influencer is just crazy and ridiculous and sort of nauseating to think about. Because think about this, before, before the conversation with Joe, we're constantly influenced every day. Advertisers, the things we read, the people we talk to, and for whatever reason, Instagram has raised up this concept of influencer like they are celebrities, and the reality is they're not. Who knows how influencers have the followers that they have. A lot of them buy them and they have no talent other than their looks or they they are somehow able to manipulate people to think that what they have to say is worth paying attention to. But it's not. They're not Jennifer Lopez. They merely have figured out a way to get followers. And so now companies will give them free products or give them lotion or deodorant or whatever, because they think that if they then share a photo of their lotion on Instagram, the people, their followers are going to go out and buy it. But it doesn't work out that way. It's crazy. And so Joe, up until about six weeks ago, you know, was was sort of living his life, owner of this food truck, CVT Soft Serve, and things are going well. But he had he had enough influencers were asking for free ice cream in exchange for a post on Instagram. And Joe was basically sort of like, no, I'm not going to give you a free $4 ice cream for quote unquote exposure that isn't going to lead to anything. So Joe put up this sign in his food truck saying, I'm going to charge influencers double. And it sort of took off. Not sort of took off. It, it did take off. He's been featured now on the in the LA Times, on the Today Show, and Time Magazine, and Newsweek, The Guardian. He's sort of become the poster child for all the business owners, all the people out there that are tired of these quote-unquote influencers asking for free stuff. And it's got to stop. And this podcast is about trying to wake people up from the insanity of Instagram. People are being tricked and manipulated every day. And what's going on also is these influencers who think that they're celebrities, who think that their opinion matters, they're walking around like they're the cream of the crop, like like they are movie stars. <laughs> they actually want free stuff. They want free dinner. They want free lunch everywhere they go. And I just applaud Joe for standing up, taking a stance, and trying to make people realize that influencers have no power. 
and how in the world we got to this place where companies are giving people who have a lot of followers free products to then promote their products on Instagram. It just, it has to stop. And so I wanted to talk to Joe about sort of how this all came about, how, what, what emotionally he was thinking, where he got to this place where I've had enough with influencers. This has to stop. And so we get into that. We talk about how he came out to LA and it's a really wonderful conversation. And he's a great guy. He's really funny. He's an actor also here in Los Angeles. So we talk all about that. And the timing obviously is fantastic because as you very well may know, I don't think Instagram is a good thing for our culture. Of course, I do believe business owners, writers, artists should be using it to promote their stuff, but I do feel as though people are spending more time curating and paying attention to their Instagram life as opposed to their real life, and hence the reason why I think so many people are depressed, why so many people can't talk anymore or have conversations, because they stare at their freaking phone all day. Anyway, great talk with Joe. It's coming up in a second. Last but not least, if you dig the show, share it with your friends let people know about the downward facing spiritual spiral, how I'm trying to create conversations, talk to people about the impact of social media and how they're dealing with it. Head over to iTunes, write a review, maybe head over to Google play, write a review. The podcast is coming up on a year anniversary. I can't even believe to tell you how many amazing guests I've already had because when I bring up the subject of my podcast right away, people are are like, yeah, Instagram sucks. I mean, I know I have to use it, but I can't stop looking at it. Or Everybody has issues with it, and I feel as though it's very important to talk about. So thank you so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral. Hope you enjoy the conversation I have with Joe Nikki, owner of CVT Soft Serve Food Truck. can be found all over Los Angeles. Find him on Instagram at CVT Soft Serve. As always, I truly appreciate you being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Why are we even talking about this? Shouldn't it be about where I've studied theater or my credits? No, they want to see how many followers you have because then the studio, yeah. you're like, oh, well, they have 40,000 people they can promote our TV show to yeah. versus 3,000. Well, that, that, that unfortunately is more important than anything right now. Yeah. And it's sort of crazy to think about. And I mean, here I, I appreciate you being here because you're in the midst of a media tour. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, where I'm bashing this thing that's actually now... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and but this is the first time where I've actually had paparazzi outside the studio <laughs> waiting for um, my guests to get out of the conversation so they can take photos. I mean, this this is kind of crazy. What what's going on? It's, right? It's been crazy. Yeah. Well, how long has it been like this? The story broke like July third. Yeah. July. So it's been about. So it's only been six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So up until then, and mm-hmm. and. Because I want to get some backstory here. Yeah. Um, you started the food truck, CVT. In 2014, about five years ago. About five years ago. Yeah. And up until about six weeks ago, what? how yeah. was it going? It's been good. I mean, business has been good. We, um, 
we won best food truck LA our first year out. And oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And we, um, a lot of great press with lots of TV film catering and street stops. And yeah, it's business has been good. So, so how were you getting people to discover you? And I'm always sort of curious about this with food trucks because it's a huge business out here. How are you determining where to go and how are people finding out about you? And are there laws and regulations as to sure. where you can go? Yeah. So I didn't, I knew absolutely nothing. Like okay. my first day, my thought was I'm going to go to places where, you know, people want to eat maybe not the healthiest food because I don't have a healthy food. So, so I parked, my first stop was outside of Pink's Hot Dogs on the Yeah, sure. And I thought, oh, I'm going to kill it here. And what happened was everyone walking out of Pink's was holding their stomach saying, oh my God, I'm so full. I can't do it. So <laughs> yeah. I quickly learned I need to find sandwich and salad places. So we park out of like Mendocino Farms and these places where people are eating healthy so they feel like they can treat themselves afterward and that kind of oh, worked for us. And- but honestly, it was just... Fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, but did you have to read books or, or ordinance rules so or regulations? I, I knew the rules and regulations, okay. and you have to have city permits of where you can and can't park. And I try to do my best to stay away from dessert shops. I mean, a lot of food trucks get in trouble because they'll park near a restaurant, which is kind of challenging now. There's restaurants everywhere. Yeah. But it's trying to position the trucks in areas that were not uh, oversaturated with dessert. Right. And then very quickly, once we opened... I started getting gigs to do catering for like TV film and that kind of is the bulk of our business. Now we do mostly set caterings and like weddings and birthday parties. And oh, stuff wow. Like so we had, we opened a second truck after two years. So we have a street truck and a party truck. And now with this news story, we pretty much, I mean, it's been nonstop events. I try to get on the streets on the weekends. Yeah. Well, I went to your truck on Sunday at the Melrose trading post Yeah. And the ice cream is amazing. Thank you. It's really, seriously, it's great. And I actually read a review, or in, I read an article, rather, in the Wall Street Journal where, because of, you know, the environmentalists, mm-hmm. are ice cream cones becoming really popular because they don't want you to yeah. throw out cups? It's zero waste. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it literally, yeah, it's zero waste. Yeah. Um, people, yeah, some people come to the truck with their own bowl or with their own okay. spoon, but I would say if you want to go zero waste, just eat the cone. Yeah. So I've got to know, though. Yeah. Um, so things are sort of going along. Mm-hmm. And we'll backtrack eventually. But just, you know, I, I want to sort of ask quickly before we backtrack. Yeah. So things are going pretty well. Yep. Um, you're like four years, five years into it. Mm-hmm. But So what are you starting to notice uh, as you're out there? <laughs> so, uh, with the whole influencer thing, about two years in, we were getting email requests of doing parties in exchange for exposure. And I, I was like, what? This is crazy. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. So I kind of ignored it. And then I got a little annoyed by it. So I started posting screenshots of these emails on our Instagram. I'd, I'd black the names out. Yeah. Saying like, these people want me to just give up my time and my ice cream for this so-called exposure that's supposed to help me so much. And I kind of blew it off, whatever. Yeah. And then about... A week before the whole thing went viral, I got asked to do a 300-person party in exchange for exposure. And I jokingly wrote back. I said, basically, like, exposure doesn't pay the bills. And I made this sign, kind of tongue-in-cheek, of, like, you've seen those signs that say, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. It was kind kind of like that. So it said, influencers pay double. I put it on our window, kind of keep to keep people people away. And uh, I took a picture for our Instagram and... It just went viral. Do you have any idea how? Yeah, I actually, I figured out how. Um, 
this guy who follows us on Instagram, he posted it to Reddit. And on that site, it just got slowly, slowly voted up to the first page and people kept voting it up. Yeah. And then when it became the top post on Reddit, Newsweek reached out and did an article. And then from there, it just spiraled. So Newsweek reached out. They were the first big, and that was within hours. It was crazy. It's got to be surreal. It was. And then, uh, yeah, just doing the international stuff is even more surreal. I got emails from people in Poland saying, we love you. So like, this is, us. we're a little ice cream business in Los Angeles. That the, yeah. the fact that these people know about us is just... Well, you asked me before we recorded, you know, what's sort of the theme of the podcast. Yeah. And I, I think as a yoga teacher, as a musician, as an artist, about a year ago, I sort of became fed up with Instagram's pull on our culture. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's, ru- it's I was going to say ruining, but I think it is, rule, ruling the world. It is. And, and ironically, well, here's my point. I do think it's really vital to use it if you own your own business. Um, if you're an artist, if you're a chef, if you own a food truck, you obviously need to let people know where you're going to be. Exactly. Um, so one would be a fool not to use it. But on the other hand, it's creating this culture where people are literally obsessed with their Instagram. And I read an article where these hotels in Mexico a couple of years ago were getting requests from quote unquote influencers to stay at their hotel for free. I, I mean, I heard, here, yep, I heard here you it. are, you know, charging $4. These hotels are charging like three, four, five hundred dollars exactly. a night. Yeah. But either way, it's insane. The egos and the presumption that these influencers should get free stuff. Yeah. They should get free anything. It makes yeah. no sense to me. I mean, I can see that it's a form of advertisement for businesses and that's the way to get it out there. But at some point, I mean, anyone can be an influencer. You can literally buy a following. You can buy followers. You can buy likes. You can buy comments. So why does that one person hold weight over someone else when we don't even know if the people following them are actually real? One issue I have with Instagram is people are creating personas that aren't that aren't real. Yeah. So we don't know what to believe anymore. People would rather curate a perfect or a sexy or a particular life on Instagram as opposed to spend the time to actually do the work. Do the work. Yeah. So what's so funny is that so Gannon, a mutual friend, suggests he's like, hey, you gotta have Joe on your show because he knows that um I think Instagram's ruining the world. And so I reach out and yada, yada. So I check out your Instagram right away. And I'm sort of like, this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> so I was, so at least you're on your Instagram. Absolutely. You are. I, fe- I, I feel like, <laughs> yes, my Instagram or online persona is, I tell people it's my therapy. Like I want to just, I won't tell anyone shitty things to their face but when they leave i might out them on instagram yeah just basically giving a voice to business owners of just calling people out i have the smallest menu in los angeles i have three options (laughs) please don't make this difficult yet people still figure out a way how to make this super challenging yeah i have people come to the truck sea salt is one of the options we have a topping sea salt and i've had someone come to my truck one time and say is the salt salty like and like (laughs) literally like the most obnoxious questions every day yeah that just like Anyway, so yeah, I use Instagram to sort of vent. And I do have people come up to the truck and they meet me and they're like, 
wait, I thought you were going to be a jerk. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, did I just ruin this for you, this yeah. whole experience? No, it's I'm, just... I'm not the soup Nazi, but right. like, I think they were expecting that. Yeah, no, but it's, it is interesting because it does sort of mess with people's perce- perceptions. And I had a guest on a few weeks ago where you literally judge somebody based on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. That is our culture yeah. now. Yep. So I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I actually did that when I, and of course I meet you and I talk to Gan. He's like, oh my God, he's totally nice and yeah, totally yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do worry about that sometimes, but at the same time, I'm like, it's, it's just a, it's a fun thing. It's kind of a marketing tool for us. And it, yeah, it's my therapy. Yeah. No, I bet. Yeah. You see, this is terrible. You see 200 people, let's say, in a, at a, an event and 199 of them are really cool. I go home and I only remember the one jerk, and that, yeah. that's and that's the person that I end up talking about on my Instagram. Well, thank God for that one person, yeah. <laughs> because it gives you uh, food for fodder to, yeah. to post about on Instagram. Definitely. So you're sort of like in the midst of this insane, and I was even thinking, well, I was going to say media tour, um, because I know you're going to talk to Howard Stern right after this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who knows? But I was thinking about this weird thing, and then I want to backtrack. Yeah. I'm thinking about fame. And, you know, a lot of artists, musicians that I talk to for my show, you know, you you do what you do not to get followers to become famous. If you really do it for the the right reasons. Right. Or sort of your true calling. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think even for those people, when they do eventually become famous, and I'm not talking about the ones that like Justin Bieber, who sort of were groomed in that world, or even Justin Timberlake or Britney Spears, and I'm forgetting them, like the Mickey Mouse show or something. Yeah, the boy bands. Where they sort of were used to it from a young age. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about, I don't know, maybe Kate Winslet, I'm just throwing names out there, where suddenly they become famous, and it's like... Oh my God, I, I can't, this is freaky. Yeah, that wasn't the goal. They, they were in love with the art and then it just yeah. sort of happened. Yeah. So although I'm sure you're enjoying the attention, yeah. I mean, maybe you're not. No, I, I am. It's, it's a, there is a push and pull. It's like, so what's, what's sort of been a struggle? The struggle has been that I don't want to go and become or I don't, I wouldn't call myself an influencer after I knocked them, but like, here's a good example. I have a friend that wrote a book recently and I, I would have normally promoted that book on my page. Like, oh, this at the truck, like, oh yeah, check out my friend's book. But then I was like, well, that would be the world's biggest hypocrite if I'm now using my social media to do anything other than promote ice cream. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I start using this tool to influence people to look at other stuff other than my business, I'm a I feel like a fraud. So that was kind of a, a struggle for me recently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's weird to knock this thing, which I, I can't stand the people that are coming to the truck asking for free stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, well, what if I have something really positive? Like, what if I wanted to tell people to go out and give money to LA Children's Hospital? That's a really noble thing to do. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people will be like, wait a second, you just knock people and now you're using your platform to try and influence people to do something so yeah i don't know if that makes sense no it does but i think what's so frustrating with influencers is they're influencing somebody to buy 
a shirt yeah or like a specific cologne or something mm-hmm. because who knows some moisturizing company is saying oh this person has 30,000 followers so i would put in my head though if you're struggling with that yeah in this weird sense we are all influencers because we have the power to manipulate people now based on what we post mm-hmm. and i don't think we realize the power that we have and so I would say, have at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, yeah. I think word of mouth is the biggest influence. I mean, yes, you can see an ad here or there, but if someone comes to you and says, this is the best restaurant, you have to try it. You're way more likely to go try that place. So I right. feel like we're, we all have this platform where we can all use this word of mouth influencing. To Do you feel like you have to... Um watch yourself more absolutely that's one of the biggest things the very first day i was like well i better make sure so i don't touch politics religion sexuality on my page i knock pretty much everything else but i don't touch those things because i know for a fact that i'm sure i have followers that are gonna and i have a business to run and regardless of how i feel i know that people that don't share the same opinion as me they're gonna stop coming to my truck and then tell their friends that Hey, you know, this guy supports this or doesn't support that. Yeah. It's a scary time in a weird sort of way. And I've, I've, you know, I talk about this with guests about being careful what, what you say, because if it's construed the wrong way or Mm -hmm. your business could be done. Yep. I read an article recently that said, uh, Michael Jordan during his heyday had the opportunity. He was on to talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. And he was really hush-hush. He never went political on anything. Yeah. And he was quoted at some party, and I guess this quote like haunted him for years, as saying, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. So obviously he was very liberal. Yeah. But he was scared to speak out because of business. And yeah. I know that's so messed up to you say. You mean he was really conservative? No, he was saying, like, I'm not going to talk about this thing because I know that there are conservative people that oh, buy, right. buy yeah. sneakers too. Right. So it was interesting to read it, like, yeah, you have to sort of juggle your personal with your business and try and find a happy medium. Yeah. You're from you're from Austin? Uh, no, I'm from New York. You're from New York. Yeah, but my our mutual our friend, mutual friends from Austin. So how did you get from New York to Austin? Or you never got to never Austin. Got, so our mutual friend's friend growing up was my roommate at college at USC. That's how I ended up out here. Okay. Yeah, I, went, I moved to, from New York to LA for USC. But you, you grew up in New York. Yep. And you came out to LA to pursue acting? Mm-hmm. I studied theater at USC and then... Before that, though, um, like what was... The, your world like at New in, York in were New you York? really into the arts or so my, I grew up in a comedy club my dad <laughs> owns the comedy works in New York I yeah I was literally tearing tickets at 10 years old I mean I've been in that whole world forever okay so and oddly enough I'm drawn more towards drama okay. now but uh, yeah I just grew up around artists and comedians and I was always interested in doing that yeah did I mean did high school plays and all that but like then, from a like from a really young age yeah Okay. And I moved to L.A. Well, what was your first play? I think I did Guys and Dolls in middle school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and were you, I mean, were you good? I mean, did people, was, was your teacher like, this is something you need to do? Or I don't think or? I was, I was not, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was like the standout and I didn't, I wasn't, I was just, yeah, somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah. But I just knew that I, I loved it. It just brought me joy. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I just, that I knew that was what I wanted to do. Well, and your parents, um, were supportive and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they were supportive of it. And literally moving 3,000 miles away to go and pursue this. Yeah, but why? Because New York is such an artistic city. Why, why L.A.? I think I, this sounds so terrible to any theater person, but I have a strong desire to do TV and film. And yeah. I feel like oh, a lot of the true actors are all about the stage. Okay. So to, I wanted to pursue TV film. Okay. And uh, that's why I chose to come out to L.A. Got it. Yeah. So like after college? After college. Where'd you go oh, to no, school? I went to college here in USC. Oh, that's right. USC. So studied oh, theater so you here. went to undergrad. I went to undergrad for theater at USC. Okay. And then after that, I went through the Groundlings Improv School. Oh, so you did it all. Oh, yeah. I've been out here for a while. I've worked every crappy actor day job in the world. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and you're like, what's the worst? I was a messenger. Um, <laughs> and I did not have the right car for it. This is long before hybrid cars. And I had a beat up Jeep Wrangler. And it was just killing my gas. And... Just it was not fun. I this is before Uber Eats even. I used to messenger pizza across town for people that wanted it, and it was a fortune. It was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So that was probably my least favorite job. But I've worked at like I worked at like local gyms. I worked. Uh, I've waited tables at every restaurant you can yeah. imagine. I was a host at restaurants, and yeah, did a little and- bit. Were you getting gigs? I mean, was, were things going well? Yeah, I mean, I booked commercials here. Commercials were like my bread and butter. Okay. Um, I did a few guest stars here and there and some indie films. Nothing to write home about. But right. All the stuff that I would say was like stronger credits were like national commercials and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You were the Old Spice guy, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I did spots for Budweiser, uh, Nike, Honda. Okay. Uh, we had this one for public storage that ran for like eight years. Okay. So, and commercials actually helped pay for my first ice cream truck. Well, that's what I was going to... Yeah. So um, you had all these day jobs. Yep. Um, they they were all just terrible. They were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed a way to float myself to stay in LA so that I could continue to audition. I mean, what's the what in your dream mind, if you could imagine your world as an actor what what would it be tomorrow i would love to be on a tv show as a, okay. a series regular on a show yeah and i i, I cater for these shows all the time I, oh, I, I know i hand cones to my dream job every day <laughs> uh, here's a fun story i auditioned about it was probably about a year ago for a commercial where the role was for a food truck operator. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got this. This is no problem. Right. I have two callbacks. On the second callback, the ad agency's there. We're joking about CVT. I'm like, oh, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> it's in the bag. Yeah. So my agent calls me and he goes, Joe, they went with the other guy because they wanted to go ethnic with the role. I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do about that. Right. I forget about it. I move on. Two weeks later, I get a phone call to cater a set. And I didn't realize it. And I show up and it's the same commercial. Oh, I'm literally handing cones <laughs> to the people that I had auditioned for. Oh, it was brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. You must have gone home and you're like, oh, yep. I, I hate the city. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I catered for a pilot over at Fox that I got pretty close on getting recently too. Okay. And that was pretty hard. But I mean, it is what it is. I get it. It's a tough business. Yeah. Not that the restaurant business is that much easier, but... 
Out here, especially. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, there. You know, we went to um, Margo in Culver City a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. Akasha. Over the my point is, is that I can't believe how many amazing restaurants there are out here. Yeah, and they're they all seem busy. Yep, it's a lot. People don't cook, or I don't know no. what what the deal is. Yeah. Okay, so what's the straw that breaks the camel's back? And then also, how do you come up with this idea? Sure. And you have no experience in food. My father has been in the restaurant business, and he also owns the comedy club. So I've been, okay. I grew up in the restaurant business, and he had this soft serve recipe that he was selling at his restaurants. No way. Yeah, but it wasn't an ice cream shop. It was just a restaurant that happened to have vanilla okay. sauce. Okay, yeah, sure. And... When I moved out here, this was before Pinkberry. There was a place called Penguins. It was like this yes, frozen yogurt. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, where's the soft serve ice cream? I don't want yogurt. And I'd ask locals that grew up out here, and they're like, well, I guess you'd go to McDonald's. I'm like, yeah. no, where's the good soft serve ice cream? It's nice out here, like nine months out of the year. This right. Is like, what's, what's the deal? So after years and years, I'm like, Dad, I should just do this and open an ice cream place out here. And then I sort of spiraled. But going back to the crappy actor day jobs, I was working at a studio as an assistant to some attorneys that uh, was a little bit challenging, I'll say. Yeah. And my wife and I wanted to start a family. I needed to make some more money. I wanted to figure out a way that I could, you know, grow a business and then hopefully stay in LA to continue to pursue my dream. Yeah. And that's kind of how it started from there. Okay. So like the two things, your dad yep. and like, I have this idea to do this thing and I have this recipe. So then we found a dairy locally where I could use like real California milk and use our recipe to make this thing. Was this, but this must've been a long process. Oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the other thing about sort of the culture we live in now. I don't think people have any idea how long things take. No. You know, we just see the final product. They see the final product and they think that it's, oh, he just smiles and hands cones out the window. (laughs) This guy came up to me, this nicest compliment was a couple years ago. And he said, I know what you do isn't easy, but you make it look easy. I was like, that was such a nice compliment. Yeah, "Yeah, he saw the struggle or he sees the challenges. There's a lot to run your own business. But yeah, we have a small menu and it's fairly simple, but there's a lot of headaches involved too. So yeah. Um, But yeah, so we, I had this idea. I want to do this thing. Keep it simple. Just sell chocolate, vanilla and twist. I want to because you're right. There's really nothing like that out here. No. So I wanted to find a classic truck. And that was a whole hunt. It took about that a year. That must have been a pain in the ass. Yeah. Found the truck in Texas, okay. oddly enough. Oh, wait. but So the idea of doing a store, that wasn't an option? No, because I wanted... I mean, the food truck craze was kind of taking off. Yes. Like, you know, I would go to these food truck events, and I was like, where's the ice cream truck? You could literally get all these fusion trucks and this and that. I'm like, great Korean barbecue. But I'm like, yeah. I just want an ice cream cone. Where do I get it? You're right. So I was like, we're going to do this. That was, um, from the time I decided I want to do it until we opened was probably about, I don't know, three or four years. It was. It was was a four-year deal. Yeah. And then when I found the truck, it was about a year and a half to two years to get it retrofitted because... Oh, my God. It's a 1961 Mr. Softy truck. It doesn't match any of the code to LA County. The health department said to me, you know, you should just get a modern truck. I'm like, no, I I have this classic product. I want a classic aesthetic with the truck. Yeah. And... I said, just tell me what I have to do and I'll do it. And they didn't even know how to tell me what to do because they had never seen a truck like that. 
yeah to meet modern day standards wow and uh it was a headache but i'm glad i did it yeah definitely my my first week in business i booked a wedding and i asked the guy on the email i said just out of curiosity how did you uh, hear about us and he said i saw you in traffic on the 405 so i'm like here's a guy who's never tried my ice cream he just saw this truck and he was like, well, I got to have that at my wedding. Yeah. So I know it's it's kind of the whole package. Yes, your food has to be great, but people like ambiance. How do I create ambiance at a food truck? Make a classic truck. Yeah. Modern. Wow. So. And the other thing I noticed, too, is that you had this sign. I mean, maybe I read it wrong, oh. but you said free ice cream. Yes. And then there was something... Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's so clever. Yeah. So I saw... They park us at the Melrose Trading Post towards the outside gate, and I would see people when I started walking from a distance, and they'd look down, and then they'd just turn around and leave. So, like, I need to get people to walk down here. I'm going to make a sign. And I was at a bar, and I saw a sign that said, free beer tomorrow. So, And I definitely upset people, but I think most people get the humor in it, and they think it's funny. So people get lured in by the free ice cream. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And then, yeah. So you, you get this truck. Yes. I mean, yeah, so this is this is like a three four year deal. Yes, and but during all that time, you're still probably had a day job of some sort. I did. I, I was still working at the studio with the truck, and then it's, I finally had to cut the cord and just go for it because there was so much work to do where I couldn't do the day job and that just the prep to getting it ready. Right. So then you you get everything done. You got the truck. Mm-hmm. Instagram at this point probably isn't really a, much of a it thing. Was not a thing. Um, Twitter was the way. I think. Was it, uh, yeah, it was a couple of trucks that were doing it through Twitter. Yeah. I don't think Instagram was really. So uh, what, what did you do that first? I know you got a gig right away because you're driving. Did yeah. you just drive down the freeway all no, day? <laughs> I, I did. So we did start with Instagram, but it wasn't people. Were, foodies weren't going to Instagram. It was yeah. just like a, a, th- a tool that I used. And I was like, well, I think I'm kind of funny. I'm just going to start doing funny posts. So from the beginning, were you kind of a smart ass? I, oh, no, I was definitely... Once I realized that... Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> let me let me start over. I was getting annoyed early on by people that wanted tastes. I'm like, we sell the two most common flavors of ice cream in the world. Yeah. Like, And then they would come to the truck and they wouldn't buy it. And I was like, oh, they just wanted a freebie. So like, that's annoying. So I posted about it and then I got positive feedback i'm like well that's interesting i guess people also want to out other people that are kind of being cheap yeah so then i started doing it more and more and then it sort of became it just became a thing um my dad and his old school way in the restaurant world is he will bend over backwards to anyone if they want whatever they want give the customer whatever they want yeah and i kind of do the complete opposite i'm like this is what i have to offer take it or leave it if you want me to bend over backwards it's not going to happen yeah. So we have a joking hashtag. I say we love most of our customers right. instead of we love our customers. Right. But uh, it's true. It's uh, we're just kind of no nonsense. You. Um, when did you get the sense that this thing is um, before you became a famous Instagram star, <laughs> like six weeks ago? But when did you get the sense that okay, this this thing's taken off? And I our, our first, um, I would say about six months in, we had some really good press. And we had a viral news story when we first opened, too, with Bill Murray. What happened? So Bill Murray was filming a movie in my neighborhood. I love Bill Murray. Okay. I want to meet him. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to park the truck. He was, they were filming at my neighbor's house. I'm going to park the truck on outside set and give out free ice cream. Call it the Bill Murray Ice Cream Social. See if he actually would show up. 
So he shows up to the truck. No way. Yeah, we take pictures. He's the nicest guy. We end up handing out ice cream on set. That was it. That was my goal. I met my idol. <laughs> my friend Chris said, Joe, you got to put this on Reddit. I didn't know what Reddit was at the time. Right. He posted it on Reddit and said, you're not going to believe who came to my friend's ice cream truck. And it became the number one post on Reddit. We're on the Today Show. This is like six months so in. So you've been this on the Today Show twice. This is this, yeah, this is the second time that the business has gone viral. Um, but not my intention, honestly. I wanted to beat, beat Bill Murray, and I wanted to tell influencers to go away. Yeah. And both times. It, well, you never, have, you don't have to ever apologize. <laughs> no, and this is because the reality is, is that we live in a day and age now where it, it's the attention economy, mm-hmm. and we people's attention is God, on God only knows what. Right. And so, if you are able to manage to get somebody's attention, and it actually spreads a little bit, yeah. Hats off. Thank you. Because that's virtually, it's so hard now without taking off your clothes. Mm-hmm. It's, they say watch pot never boils, but yeah, I'm not, I've never pursued that. Yeah. It's just happened. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I w- really tried to s- seek out a post that I'm like, I think this is going to go viral. Right. I'd probably fall flat on my face. Well, I think people are just, it's, it's interesting. I do, a lot of people will say to me, oh, you're just complaining or, um, I, you're, you're, gosh, what do I hear? I hear just, I hear, I'm negative or I'm complaining or I would just, you just need to accept that Instagram is going to be here. And I think people don't want to hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. because I think they know it's true. They know it's the truth hurts. Yes. Yeah. And I think what you did, uh, six, eight weeks ago is sort of symbolic of the frustration that people have with these quote-unquote influencers. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it would strike a chord like in this way. And now I feel like, well, I'm kind of proud of the fact that I've been a voice for small business. Like There are so many small business owners that are dealing with people like this. And now I feel like I've given some people the confidence. I've had this uh, woman that owns a boutique. I can't remember what it was. She sent me an email saying, this influencer asked me for free shirts, and I told her, absolutely not. And she sent the link to my article. So it's like, in this weird way, I'm, I'm thrilled that I've become this sort of like poster boy for anti-influencers. Yeah. And the, th- the other thing I had a guest on a week ago, he doesn't believe, and I agree with him, that followers actually equates into really Big dollars. Re- big dollars a return. I mean, people that have 5, 10, 20, 30,000 followers, these companies that are giving them a product to quote unquote sponsor or to quote unquote influence people, it's not turning into anything. No. Now, unless you're JLo right. or, you know, Britney Spears, but they don't, it's not that a company is telling them to post a Calvin Klein shirt or whatever. They're just doing it because they like it. And then people see how good it looks and then they go on and buy it. Exactly. So if you have under a hundred thousand followers and you think that your post actually is meaningful, it isn't. No. I'm with you. You're not complaining. It's true. Yeah. And the problem is, is though, and this is my issue with it, is that these quote unquote influencers walk around the world thinking that they're like fucking J-Lo. And the the reality is, is that, I mean, they, they seriously think that they're like J-Lo or like Leonardo DiCaprio or Bill Gates or something. And those people, J-Lo and Leo and Bill Gates have put in a ton of work. Yes. And they are where they are because of the amount of work they put in. They didn't just start a profile. 
Right. And the reality is, is that the only reason these influencers, I was really excited for this part of the show because I just wanted to basically bash influencers for like five minutes. No, but the only reason that they're influencers is because of their looks. And Instagram has created a world now where we are so obsessed with looks. Like we have these five senses and the only one that really matters now to people is vision. Mm -hmm. And so all it's all, it's playing into this, this, cesspool of mediocrity Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's so admirable about your stance and i i gotta believe you probably went home one night and you're just and i'm sure business is going well Mm -hmm. but you're probably thinking yourself this is just freaking insane this has to stop it's insane and so you put up the sign i put up the sign and just yeah, influencers pay double as a joke. I de- I saw some people at the Melrose Trading Post kind of look at it and roll their eyes and walk away. So I think that, yeah, it, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Just to yeah. go, here you go, guys, stay away. And then I get people, what's that about? And I explain to them, like, people really ask you for free ice cream? I'm like, every day. So it is every day, or it, almost every Almost day. every day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we get more, not as many face-to-face, but more email requests for events. Hey... I don't know if you know this, but uh, such and such is going to be at our party, and they'll take a picture at your truck. And I think that's what's actually more insulting, because not that either are are uh, good, but if somebody walks up and wants a free ice cream cone, that's annoying. But that's yep. four dollars. Yeah. But here's a a party a where party. you can make hundreds. I, hundreds of dollars. I was guessing. Oh no, hundreds of servings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you would make yeah. a lot of money from those parties. Yeah. And it's like you really want me to not make any money for this party because who knows what who who knows no. who is going to be there. Yeah. And I do feel for people that are just starting out in business because. Maybe I would have said yes to those people very early on because I didn't know any better. And yeah, oh, I want exposure. I want people to know about my trucks. But it's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. I don't know. I know you just, the LA Times article just came out. Yep, that was yesterday in the Sunday Times. It's like, it just keeps going. I thought it was... I figured it was going to stop like a few I, weeks ago, I thought right? it was going to... So it was like the <laughs> early July... We had it went viral, and I thought, okay, maybe by the end of the weekend it'll be over. It was a Fourth of July weekend. Oh, maybe if there's not a big news story, it'll be over with. And just kept going and yeah. going and going. We're yeah, it's still it's still a thing. So I don't want to oversaturate it. Like I try to still post pictures of our customers and our product too, and try to mix both of them in because I don't want to be known as the guy that's just like, hey, look at us. We're in this. We're in that. Yeah, but it's it's exciting. I think you need to still. Go with it. Yeah. I did a radio interview, this guy, and I asked him just off the air for some advice. And he said, I would take every interview request that you get. I wouldn't necessarily seek out press, but if the press comes to you, take advantage of it and just yeah, yeah tell your story. Wow. Yeah. And so what's, what's next? Hmm. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> we, so we're wholesaling our ice cream now. What does that mean? What do you mean? I mean, um, I know what wholesale, but what is... So we on? are selling our ice cream to restaurants and coffee shops so they can resell our product. And we have... Um, they're called CVTinis. They're like... The, they're soft-serve ice cream machines that are branded to look like the trucks. We have one at Burgers Never Say Die in Silver Lake. We have one on the Queen Mary. We're about to announce another one in uh, Van Nuys at a brewery. But we're trying to expand the business by allowing other businesses to sell our product. So that's that's the next step. Wow. 
No, that's yeah. a great idea. Because, I mean, I could do more trucks. People are saying, oh, when are you coming to Orange County? When are you coming here? I'm like, we have 1961 trucks that max out at around 40 miles an hour. We're stuck to L.A. Oh, yeah. But I could get my ice cream to Orange County. I could ship to Northern California, but I can't get my trucks up there. So then we just found a graphic artist that wraps these machines to look like the trucks. So that's our next deal. And I'm, who's been, has your, your dad's still around. Yeah. I mean, has he, I'm sure he's been really helpful. He's definitely given me some advice in that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a new ball game. I didn't know anything about wholesale, so it's, we're, yeah. we're just learning as we go. But I didn't know how to run a food truck in LA either. So Yeah, no, but I think that's so, I'm just so blown away. And it's exciting because I think as you get older, not you specifically, but as we get older, we often think that we're limited to try new things. And you're just a great example. Where, oh, thank you. Yeah, I think... Um, I tell, it's, it's exciting. And I get a lot of email requests from people. Hey, I was thinking about starting a food truck. I was wondering if you had any advice. And I'm like, sure. But I'm, I mean, I'm new to this. I only know so much, but happy to help out where I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great to start new things. Do you have to, and I'll, I know you got to go soon. I'll mm-hmm. let you go. But I'm just curious. I know there's like some competitive spots, I guess, by the, uh, I think it's called the Brig in Venice. Mm-hmm. Like First Fridays. First Fridays. Yeah, we stopped going there. But yeah, so... I mean, how do you... Because I'm sure there's prime spots. So First Fridays, for people that don't know, it's like the food truck place to go. It's the first Friday of every month on Abbott Kinney in Venice. Right. And it was just a place years ago where the food trucks would go and they block spots. But then it became organized. And the organizers charge a lot of money for those trucks to be there. Okay. I can't justify paying it because we sell a $4 item. Someone that sells a $15 cheeseburger, it makes sense for them to be there. Definitely. But yeah, so for food trucks, um, they do a lot of these events. We do some that are out in the valley, like we do this one in Burbank. But for the most part, we just try to park near restaurants that don't sell dessert or mostly private parties now. Yeah, but I think because you are only charging $4, you have to be a little bit more aware and specific as to where you're situating yeah, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You, have you gotten an agent because of this? Or has your, I mean, maybe you already did, but how has, are people reaching out to you? You mentioned a funny story about, and I don't know if it was somebody in the entertainment industry, but they were asking you how many followers you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was, well, so that's going back to the whole artist thing. I'm like, my manager, former manager, um, was asking me, or telling me that I need to work on my Insta- my personal Instagram followers, right. that it would help because casting directors are checking out those numbers now. And I'm like, why doesn't why don't we focus on your credits or your, your training, craft. your yeah. craft, what you can actually do in the room? But they use it as a marketing tool, and they think, hey, if this guy has thirty thousand followers, he can use his Instagram to help market our TV show. So it's unfortunate that we should even have to think about that. Well, we need to like use the last moments here of this yeah. podcast to tell people that those numbers mean nothing. They mean nothing. They don't mean anything. Yeah. It's uh it's unfortunate that people allow those numbers to hold anything any sort of weight. It's, but that's the other psychological thing and I don't know how this all started and it's, this could be going back just how human beings were created, but somehow numbers matter. And I think it's a popularity contest. It is a popular. And I do think about, I I was speaking to a friend who has a child in in high school and 
they look up to the person that has the most followers on Instagram. Yeah. And I mean, I know adults do that too, which is so pathetic, but that's, that's a reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do ask younger people. I'm like, do you, do you actually look at those numbers? Like, does that mean something to you? Like, well, yeah, if, if, I mean, if, if everyone thinks it's cool, then it's probably cool. So I should think it's cool. Yeah. Like that's so messed up. Just, you know, make, make decisions for yourself, not based on those numbers. They um they started they did away with likes in Australia and right, Canada. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's like well, that, let's see how that goes. If they got rid of followers and likes, I think Instagram would disappear. Well, and then this is my last point. Yeah. Um, you know we we talk how about how terrible influencers are mm-hmm. for a myriad of reasons. So they are saying Instagram is is that they're getting rid of their their um. They're playing with this idea of getting rid of the likes mm-hmm. in different countries around the world. Yep. And they say it's because they're concerned with mental health, which, so here's my, <laughs> I, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Because too. this is what I read somewhere where they are so fed up with influencers because all these companies, when they're paying for advertising, mm-hmm. instead of paying Instagram, they're paying the influencer. Yeah. So if they get rid of the likes, that'll diminish the, the psychological power of the influencer. Mm-hmm. So these companies will then have to pay, pay Instagram and Facebook directly. It's all money. Do you think that's what this actually 100%. is? 100%. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, they just, they, why would we let this third party take our money when we have the platform? Yes. So. Yeah. So you, you, you believe it's. 100%. Yeah, I think it's so naive when people think that Instagram actually cares about the mental health of their of their community. It is a business, and it's about making money, and they want to make money. Yeah. Now, are you addicted to Instagram? I'm uh, not addicted. <laughs> I, I actually got rid of my Facebook, my personal account, because I was on social media so much for the business yeah. that I was just burned out to the point where I can't do it for my personal but then i they sucked me in and now i have a personal account again yeah but yeah i don't say addicted but it's um i have kids so i try to stay off my phone as much as i can when i'm around them yeah and just focus on the social media when i'm at work how many kids do you have i have two boys well now four boys Uh, right yeah my wife and i just had twins they're uh they're still in the NICU at the hospital they came early and i have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old Wow. Four boys. So it's just life is insane. It's insane. Her water broke early, literally the day that the story came out. Wow. She's, she's been on bed rest for five weeks. I was doing all this press from the hospital. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, how premature were they? They were born at 32 weeks, but her water broke at 27 weeks. So she stayed in a bed for five weeks. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. And the, and the business is still going. Business is still going. So like I'm, throughout all of this. Yeah. And so obviously, I, mean, I, had to, I had to cut back on it. We have, so we have the street truck and the party truck. I had to cut back on the streets to make sure these parties are taken care of. And I think a lot of our loyal customers were frustrated. So I actually did a post about a week ago explaining what's going on and why we've been off the streets so much lately. It's not because... That's right. I read that. It's not because I think I'm too famous for them. <laughs> it's literally because I've been in the hospital with my wife and kids for the last five, six weeks. Yeah. So wow. when it rains, it pours. Well, this is good practice for when you are in 
um, that next in, in the movie with Leo in a there couple years, go. and you're going to have to be on a press tour. You're going to be on the Tonight Show and the Today Show. Been there, done that. And you're going to go to exactly. You're going to be like, this is my fourth time here. <laughs> yeah, I know this you is guys. Easy. Wait, I thought this was the ice cream guy. <laughs> yeah, right. like you're going to be with Ed Norton, and they're going to be like, ah, we don't care. We've seen you like four times in the last year. Yeah. That would be, be nice. That's hysterical. Just manifest that. Um, but last thing, are entertainment companies reaching out to you yet? Uh, not, or do they know that you're an actor? I don't know. And it was that was the other thing. I was like, I don't want, want to push my acting on my social page for CBT because then I'm becoming this thing where I'm like trying to push my art when it really mm. should just be about the ice cream. But I think in these articles, I have mentioned it. So I think yeah. some people see it. Well, that's the last thing I think about with Instagram. I feel like... It's creating fear and it's, it's turning human beings into robots and brands. And I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but gosh, I, I would hate to think that you could miss. I don't know. I, I don't think you're missing out on opportunity, but I, I do feel like we become so nervous about what our Instagram page looks like. I and know. Our, and yeah. it's sort of, it's kind of aggravating. Yeah. It's, and then I'm like, wow, why do I care what this one person said, this one negative comment? I should just do what feels right for me. Yeah, and I'm thinking you have all this attention now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're a hypocrite if you suddenly post a photo about something acting related, but yeah. I don't know. Who am I to, to say? I'm going to sort of lean into it, I think, now that it's. I'm just kind of like, it is what it is. I'm confident in my ice cream. But you do sort of play in a, a character, though, like you're sort of like this... I don't give a fuck kind of guy. I'm just <laughs> yeah, and then I and then you hear me say that I'm actually like curating what I'm gonna say on my Instagram. But yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm I'm, I'm a hypocrite. Uh, I can't talk, but yeah, I'm a hypocrite, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're really funny and really <laughs> Thank cool, you. and the ice cream was great. And I do think anything that can be said or done to sort of wake people up from the insanity and the manipulation and the fakeness of Instagram, I'm all for. I am. Yeah, same same here. <laughs> so, so wake up, people. Yeah. So Joe, yes. um, owner, owner, creator of CVT Soft Serve Ice Cream. Yes. If you type it in Google, you could read oh, to your heart's content. Quite a few articles. All about you. You've been in the LA Times, Newsweek. Mm-hmm. You were on the Today Show. Yeah. Time Time Magazine was exciting. That was crazy. Why? Just I don't know. I I let Time Magazine hold weight <laughs> more more so than anyone else. But uh, yeah, the BBC was it was nuts. Wow, that's crazy. And then your family is really happy for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think business yeah, is booming. Business has been good, and babies are booming. <laughs> babies are booming. <laughs> yep. Wow. So. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Um, you could be found. On Instagram, at CVT Soft Serve? Yep. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at CVT Soft Serve. And you post pretty much every morning where you're going to be. Yep. Every uh, day we like Our first post of the day is where we're going to be. But in a perfect world, as a business, um, private parties, events, mm-hmm. that's that's sort of your... That's where it's headed. That's where it's headed. <laughs> yep. And you're going to be selling it at different stores and... Mm-hmm. Or wholesaling through our CVT Soft Serve machines. Wow. Well, I, bravo, I applaud you for, you know, I'm just, I I think that moment where you were fed up 
And that moment where you're like, I need to say or do something. And it wasn't enough just to sort of complain about it to your wife. You obviously, whatever happened in your brain where you're like, I need to say something. I'm so glad you did. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was was perfect timing, I guess. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Joe, thanks for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast continued success thank you um i hope a year from now i see you on the big screen standing next to leonardo DiCaprio. i'll take it yeah. yes please congrats thank you awesome man thanks, thanks for taking the time yeah